Well, good afternoon and thank you once again for joining me for Business, the Law and You. Julian Campbell here and we've got a very interesting show lined up for you this week. A bit later in the program we're going to have a look at our business tip. This particular one is improve your team's productivity. We're also going to be having our regular chat with Christina. We're going to look at how the budget will affect your business from a business person's point of view rather than from some of the finance experts. And right now, we're going to have a chat with Caitlin Bowman from Turnbull Hill Lawyers. We're going to talk about setting up or ensuring setup for your business is correct. Good afternoon, Caitlin. Hi, Julian. How are you? I'm good. Thank you for joining us again. So uh, let's uh, talk about the uh, setting up of a business. Why is your business structure important? So ensuring that you choose the most appropriate business structure for your business is quite important. There's generally two situations when you'll be faced with the necessity of choosing a business structure. Obviously, when you're founding your business, or alternatively, a lot of people look at it during a significant period of growth. The way that you set up your business will affect your legal risk, your tax obligations, your level of asset protection, and also costs of that business structure. So... When, a, um, yeah, when reflecting on, on your business structure, there's a lot of questions that you need to ask about where you want to be in the future, what you want to do with your business, whether you want to sell it in the future or whether you want to um, obviously use it to generate capital returns. So, so what are the main business structures? So there's four main business um, types of structures in Australia. We've got a sole trader, which is what a lot of people are familiar with. Your partnership, which is obviously going into business with other people, company, and then also trust structures. So each one has its advantages and disadvantages. Uh, with your sole trader, it's quite simple to set up. You manage and operate your business under your personal name. It's cheap and it's easy, but it's not very flexible. So a partnership would, would be more than one person who's going to carry on the business together. Again, it's simple and, and usually fairly cost-effective, but there are a number of disadvantages. So they're normally jointly and severally liable for debts of the business, which is obviously a risk if you're going to be carrying high liabilities. And also you are obviously, obviously entering into that business with another person. A company is quite good when you're looking to grow and scale your business. So you're looking at um, quite high growth, especially in the interim period. Um, you're only responsible as a shareholder for the debts that the company incurs up to the amount of your unpaid shares. And in most cases, people don't have unpaid shares, so it's sort of limiting your liability there. Um, good for high-risk businesses, and it allows an ability to raise capital and grow shares, um, especially if you want to have, I suppose, investors coming in earlier on. And then a trust scenario will have usually an individual or corporate trustee. If you've got a corporate trustee, it allows you a little bit more control um, in limiting your liability. The trustee will control the trust and distribute profits, um, and it also has a benefit with tax um, in relation to you be able to set up a discretionary trust in some cases and limit your tax liability by using that vehicle. Just a couple of points. Uh, uh, with a sole trader, of course, people often think it's only them, but you, a sole trader can employ people, can't they? 
absolutely. Yep. Yeah. In, in most cases, they would, yeah. So you'd have your general tradies would have um, a couple of employees under them, whether they're employees, and they can also have contractors contract for them as a sole trader as well. And as far as the legal side is concerned, sole trader and partnership, the, the individual or the individuals are the legal entity, whereas when we go to a company structure, the company becomes that legal entity. That's correct, exactly. So, yep. so, so what should I consider when I'm establishing a company? Um, so you should be clear what type of company you want. The majority of companies that um, would be set up to utilise um, for businesses would be a proprietary company, um, but there is obviously public companies wherein you're going to be listed on the Australian Stock Exchange. Um, you need to decide, I suppose, how you're going to govern your company moving forward, whether you want to use just the general replaceable rules that are in the Corporations Act or if you're going to use a constitution. Um, so that constitution will set up uh, the rules governing the relationship between the business and activities of the company, directors and shareholders. So it's quite important, um, especially if you're going into business with other third parties. Um, so it's not just you know, say you and um, the husband and wife situation that are establishing the company. Um, further to that, thinking about a shareholders agreement as well. So the shareholders agreement goes a little bit further than a company constitution um, and it, it will sit behind the constitution but in most cases override the constitution if they um, disagree with each other. And that contains further clauses on roles and responsibilities um, of each party, how the company will be managed, how disputes are resolved. What happens if you want to leave the company, which is a really important one that a lot of people don't think about in the onset, but if one of the directors or shareholders wants to sell out and move out of the company, that will normally sort of govern what happens in that scenario. And, uh, you know, it's quite complex, as you said, the the company over, as opposed to the other two structures that we mentioned. Um, It's very important for people really to uh, seek legal or uh, accounting advice before they do it, not doing it themselves. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. You definitely want to be speaking to your accountant, if not your legal advisor at the same yeah. time. Yeah. So should you use a trust entity? Yeah, so a trust entity just puts that little bit more, I suppose, extra protection if it is a high-risk uh, venture that you're going into. And it's also one of the most tax-effective methods of running your business. So profits um, of the business can be distributed amongst family members and other beneficiaries, and it can be distributed in a way that taxes take the lowest available marginal rate. And that's obviously subject to various rules and things like that. Um, it's not suitable if you require the proper profits left in the business because uh, there actually is requirements that trusts have to distribute income or it will be taxed at the top marginal rate of 49%. So if you're looking to, I suppose, grow the company in the first couple of years, sometimes it's not the best to utilise the trust entity. But if you've got uh, quite a good family business, it's quite well established and you want to distribute all of your profits, it's definitely the the best, most tax-effective way to do it. And, of course, uh, things are always changing in in a business. Um, So I presume that you can change your business structure uh, once, once the business is established. Yeah, absolutely. It's definitely something that can be done, but it can be expensive um, if you're doing it during um, a period of the business's growth. So it is best to set it up the way that you want to move forward, but if not, it is something that we can assist with. Um, It can bring long-term benefits if it is still going to be quite an expensive um, track to go down, uh, especially if you're getting more, I suppose, legal liability as a person running a business. Um, a lot of cases of businesses can move from a sole trader to a partnership or company structure. 
But it again, it is um, something that should be taken into consideration, speaking to your um, financial advisors to ascertain what the cost of that business change will be. Mm, okay. Well, thanks very much for uh, complex advice. Um, and we'll have a chat with you again another time. Caitlin Bowman there from Turnbull Hill Lawyers helping us to understand those different different structures. And I know when people are first setting up a business in the first place, they're often not aware of all those structures and which is the best for them. Um, so obviously seeking legal or accounting advice is the best path. And you're listening to Business, the Law and You on 2NURFM. Time to pop over and have our chat with Christina. Good afternoon, Christina. Good afternoon, Julian. And don't we need more words of love at the moment? <laughs> From from who? From uh, the politicians? From from, from everybody, <laughs> from everyone. <laughs> well, we're going to talk about the budget and we're going to look at it from a business person's point of view today, small business particularly, instead of the usual accounting or finance point of view. Yeah, so I think, you know, as with any budget, um, there's, there's things that we will agree with and things that we wish were different um, and things that we wish just weren't in there at all. Um, and I think I, I just want to say that regardless of which party people um, people support, I think the government has actually done a remarkable job considering that nobody globally has ever been in this position before. Mm, so I think if we have a look at some of the other leadership around the world, we can be quite proud um, instead of embarrassed about uh, what our government has been doing. So, you know, the, the budget is a, a, an unusual uh beast. It came at a different time. It was meant to be out in May, as we know. Um, very sensibly, I think, uh, the government put it off, uh, went into what can we do to increase spending. And I think that's one of the main differences with this crisis, as opposed to some of the, you know, the, like the global financial crisis, for example, people are being encouraged to spend. Mm. Uh, and I think that is something that has come out um, in this budget Largely, uh, I think there's a lot of hidden things in the budget that people really need to look for. So I think there's opportunities that won't be um, as obvious in the first reading uh, of the budget or if we just follow headlines. So I think particularly this time it might be really uh, good advice to take some advice from, you know, your accountant, etc. cetera, uh, make sure that, that you've got things right. I'm um, kind of encouraged by the um, incentives to uh, employ young people but then I also think that that's quite ageist because then does it does it all the people that have lost their jobs um, in the older you know anyone over the age of 35 who aren't supported directly um, with a with a uh, with a um, an amount of money from the government for employing someone under the age of 35 does that mean that they will be discriminated against so yeah, well, I think it's a difficult thing really for a government yeah. because as they, I mean on the one hand young people are going to be the the uh, employees of the future or the employer, employees of the future mm. and uh, people who remain a long time on an unemployment benefit often don't get off. So that's, mm. I mean, that's their viewpoint. But as you say, the uh, a lot of uh, older people were laid off, particularly women. Um, mm. So there wasn't a lot of help really in there for them. No, particularly around childcare. Like if we mm. want to get women back into the workforce, you know, there needs to be some kind of childcare support. So what, what I, you know, I think the biggest thing around the budget, and we were discussing this last night on SUAU TV, was the fact that um, for all our, our talk about 
um, being visionary and we now have an opportunity to change things and, 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 you know, that, that, that rhetoric that's been going around about now's the best opportunity to, to move forward in new ways and don't go back, you know, there wasn't anything that great about the old. So I think this budget um, isn't as visionary as what I had anticipated or hoped. Uh, but I think that leaves the door wide open for small business organisations, yeah, entrepreneurs to be those visionaries, to be the futurists, to take us to where we need to go. Because, you know, we keep saying we have never, ever been in this position globally before and we are mm. almost in a position where we can rewrite the rules. There mm. are no rules that apply mm. to this situation at a global level, except let's all operate from a basis of love, consideration, compassion, respect, and actually realise that there are countries that are suffering. You know, if we think we're suffering, yeah, that's right. If we think we're suffering due to lockdown and the economic um, situation we face, and I'm not saying that we're not suffering and everything is is equal to to your position before, but there are countries out there who, you know, are are drastically not aware of where their Mm. next meals are going to come from and, you know, that that are quite um, in danger of... The country itself is in danger of starving to death, so... I think we need to count our blessings, be grateful. Um, but I really think it's time that as small businesses, as organisations um, and as entrepreneurs, we have an opportunity now to really step up. And, of course, it's an opportunity for our communities to support those small businesses, particularly local businesses. Um, um, yeah, I mean, that's, that's what Absolutely. we need, isn't it? Yeah, and, and, you know, the government's saying spend. And I think we mentioned in one of the um, one of our conversations a little while ago, um, it was the people that were earning less than $65,000 a year who were spending, um, who were 40% of those people were spending more than pre-COVID. And of the people earning over $100,000 a year, I think it was 60% of people were, you know, don't quote me on those figures, but 60% of people were spending Sorry. less. So, you know, it's a real balance. You know how we say with everything, everything, you know, we talk about work-life balance. There is a spending balance here. So we need to spend locally, support local businesses. You know, don't go contracting overseas. Spend in Australia. There are are experts here. It it always um, amuses me that, uh, that we look to overseas to bring in contractors for certain things um, and overseas look to bring us to their mm. countries mm. Uh, for certain for certain things, you know, particularly in the field that we're in. Uh, but I think, you know, spend locally, support businesses locally, support your local communities, um, and, and that is what's going to keep us, you know, at some form of balance as we well, as we go through the next few years. I think it's going to be a while before we do any overseas travel, so what an opportunity to see New South Wales, for example. Yep, absolutely. And, you know, some of the places, uh, I'm, you know, I think I mentioned last week, I'm in Yamba at the moment, and the, there's an 170% increase in traffic mm. um, in Yamba. So it, 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 and that is happening across the board in a lot of places in Australia. Newcastle also has 170% increase um, in traffic. And I know people from Sydney that are coming up shortly to, to holiday, you know, at Port Stephens and in the Hunter Valley, which is, you know, fantastic. So let's, let's support local. Um, and when I say local, I mean you know our country is mm, local. Mm, we can't, we can't. Mm. We've got to be very mindful of our um, our colleagues and our friends in Melbourne right now who aren't you know aren't doing it as as well as we are. So mm. let's just support across the board um, Australia first where we oh. can, uh, and and you know not forget our overseas neighbours who are struggling as well. Great, thanks very much for that. Good good discussion. We'll have a chat again next week. Look forward to it, Julian. Have a lovely week. You too. Thank you. Bye bye. Bye. Christina there, well, her, her impression of the budget and, of course, uh, 
we as small businesses need to do everything we can. And you're listening to Business, The Law and You on 2NURFM. Time for our Harvard Business Review tip. This particular one, improve your team's productivity. As a manager, you may already have learned how to plan, prioritise and streamline your work. But how can you help your team members do the same? Start by setting a good example. Be smart about how you allocate the hours of your workday, the meetings you attend, the emails you respond to and the projects you sign on for so your team can follow your lead. Help set boundaries for your team by outlining key goals and analysing people's capacity to execute on them. Then meet with your team members one-on-one to communicate your top priorities and expectations. Tell each person the top two or three areas you want them to focus on and give them permission to eliminate or delegate unimportant tasks. Make sure that all meetings have clearly defined purpose and reserve plenty of downtime in shared calendars for actual work done. So there's interesting and important points there, isn't there? Well, thank you for being with me for the last half hour. I hope you've enjoyed the program. In a moment, James Klein will be back with you with more of your easy listening favourites. Next week, we're going to chat with Kim Nicholson again from HR on Hand about casual staff and maybe underpaying people. And we'll have a minute on innovation with Christina and some more business and legal news and views that might affect your business. I'd love your company again for Business, the Law and You at the same time next week. Until then, have an exciting and prosperous week. And as Thomas Watson once said, to be successful, you have to have your heart in your business and your business in your heart. Thanks for listening to this podcast from 2NURFM at the University of Newcastle. Topics range from gardening to health, well-being, pet care, finance, business and travel. You'll find them all at 2NURFM.com. <laughs>